I think I'm going to put it on speaker because then I can just see you and it feels like we're just having a chat. <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get started because that's what I want it to be, is just a chat. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go from there. So if you haven't heard already, please, if you want your cameras on, great. If you don't, that's absolutely fine as well. It will be kind of, it, it's a bit more sort of webinary rather than meeting-y because I think it's just going to be a chat between myself and the fabulous Connor Rhodes, who is there in his big red chair. Um, if you don't know me, and I think I know everybody that's come on the call, I'm Jenny Whitehouse. I work for a company called Tilney that I've advertised this through. Uh, some of you on the call work for them as well. It has got nothing to do with work, <laughs> but it has got everything to do with weight loss. So um, <laughs> what we're going to do, I've got a list of pre-prepared questions that I am going to speak to Connor about. But if you do have any questions of your own and you want to sort of chip in with a question, then please, please, please put it in the chat and I will pick it up as we go along and uh, and hopefully cover it off. Um, so the purpose of this is to talk about weight loss, to talk about how do we start on a weight loss journey, because I think most people I've spoken to in recent months have kind of struggled a little bit through lockdown perhaps put a little bit on or still trying to lose some more or everybody's struggling with this and it's it's not it's not an uncommon huge part of the western world are overweight and as i was and i think having gone through this journey in the last few years i now want to shout this from the rooftops how how i did it what i did and why i did it and how i feel afterwards and, and you know i could talk all day about it as some of you know but how I started it was by meeting the wonderful, fantastic, amazing, fabulous Connor Rhodes sat in his big red chair. And I want to share and impart some of his knowledge to anybody that wants to listen, really. So a little bit like Oprah Winfrey, but nothing like Oprah Winfrey, nowhere near as good. I will interview you for a change instead of you interviewing <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and, and try and bust a few myths and, 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 uh, and give people a head start on if they are trying to lose weight. Whether you've got a pound to lose or a hundred pounds to lose, um, you've probably seen in the advert for it, I lost a hundred pounds over two years and I've kept it off now for over six months. So I'm very happy with that, clearly. Um, but my biggest hurdle was where do you start? How do you start? And oh, how, do you, how do you just crack on with it? So I'm just going to flash this on the screen very briefly so nobody can take a screenshot. But I will quickly share this photo of myself before I started losing this weight and then I will remove it. <laughs> can you see that Connor? I can yes I can. Yeah I don't know if anybody else can see that so that was just that's about three years ago now in Ibiza believe it or not uh, where I was 100 pounds heavier and that is at the point where I went ah I can't do this anymore I need to do something about it and it took me six months to find Connor and then that's where we started. Yeah, stop sharing that so how and where do we start Connor <laughs> how and where do we start how do you start on a weight loss journey and and what does that what does it entail so what what, what what's the most useful thing that you tell people or people come to you and go that was it that was the thing that made me change what do you need to know at the beginning of your weight loss journey Oh my lord! Is that question one? Am I only allowed to pick yeah. one thing? Uh, <laughs> I'm like well, one yeah. thing. <laughs> well, no, I'll give you a few because I know you can talk. So can, can, I, can I barter you for three? Okay, go on. Give us three things that you think are the most. <laughs> I, mean, I know if we're trying to change lives, we can only make it as simple as it can be, can't we? There's, 
Um, and and I, I would say that does relate to the first one because the three things sprung to my mind immediately as you were asking the question from kind of different perspectives. I would say the first one is to understand that the process is simple but not easy. This is what I, this is what I try and explain to people because people, everybody knows, everybody listening to this has heard, eat less, move more, you lose weight, and it's literally that simple. Or you, or you've heard calorie deficit or diet, all these things. They, they, they essentially mean the same thing. Diet and exercise, it means the same thing, doesn't it? It's simple. It's simple to say, I can say those words at you really easily. Oh, oh, how do you lose weight? Oh, you should just eat less, shouldn't you? You should just move more. You knew that before we started the program. So, yeah. that, so that doesn't really help you, does it? Because the it's not what you have to do, it's getting it done, isn't it? It's simple to understand, but it's hard to do. So I would say for anybody, whether you've got one stone to lose or 10 stone to lose, which I think you said you lost a hundred pound, which I mean, that is absolutely fabulous. And I will take no credit for this. <laughs> I did take all the credit. <laughs> no, I didn't lose a single pound for you. I didn't eat any of your vegetables. I didn't flip and reduce your calorie intake. You did all that. You did all yeah. the walking, all the calorie burning. I may have flipping pointed you the direction. I showed you the path, but you walked all the way down it, all the way down it. And it's a bumpy so the road. The key thing at the beginning with all of that was the education behind it, isn't it? And this, this is what I'm getting at with that, with that question that I kind of wanted to hit hit home is is actually understanding what does that mean eat less eat less than what eat less than what i did yesterday what difference is that going to make <laughs> that's today? a good question you know <laughs> how much less do i eat what, what eat less how do you measure that how do you you know what what, what so what should you eat and how much should you eat you know that's the next question isn't it how 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 do you reduce it Mm, so that's that'd be different for everybody, wouldn't it? Because how you would reduce it would depend on what somebody's current diet was like. Um, most people, when they try and lose weight or go on a diet, they they go about it in similar ways. Although they use different processes and protocols and principles and plans, they, they're all a similar way. You you hear that somebody has a way of eating, whether it might be Doctor Atkins, it might be Skinny Watchers, Weight World. It might be lighter life. It might be Cambridge. These people have ways of eating and then people try and see if they can fit their lifestyle or they just see if they can change from who they are to following this thing. And that's, it's not the wrong place to start, but it's a very difficult and also random place to start because you're just hearing about ways that other people eat well and just seeing if you can do that. And then it's just kind of potluck, isn't it? So I would say a better place to start than this, like if you're thinking literally, where should we where should we start? Where we start on the six steps to slim is firstly dietary assessment, then dietary adjustment. Not just what sounds like it'd be a good plan. Like when, and this sounds crazy to people sometimes, but when people join our program, there is no Slim Society meal plan. And there's no, there's no set rules. There's, I don't give, like if you go to Slimming World, they give you a rule book. They say, this is free, this is not free, do this, do that. You go to Weight Watchers, they give you points. They say, you have this many, go about it, don't they? We don't, yeah. really, do, we don't really do that. There's no, there's no set anything for anybody. The first thing is, and yes, I do this with people, and we did this together, but people can do this themselves. It's the, fir the first step is assess where you are at now. Not, yeah. where, not where do you think you want to be, or where you think you should be. That's called the mm -hmm. tyranny of the shoulds in psychology. That's something to watch for. If you're shoulding yourself, I shouldn't have, they shouldn't have, we shouldn't have, it shouldn't have, really. These, these are just wants, aren't they? These are desires, not realities. Yeah, so so reality. where are you right now? 
Because if you're eating ten chocolate and if you're eating ten chocolate bars a day, or you takeaways every day, in some ways, the worse it is, the easier it is to fix. So it's not even yeah. really a bad thing. Figure out where you're at now, and then start to make steady changes, one step at a time. So that was why the first thing I said when you asked the question was, "What should we change?" I can't remember exactly how you phrased it. Something along the lines of, "What should we change? Where should we start?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, where should we go first? It depends where you're at now doesn't it? Because yes. I can't help someone if I can't see what their food looks like and if they don't know what their own diet looks like because they're not being mindful or paying attention to it. That's then it, we're flying blind, aren't we? Just holding the seat of our pants and just exactly. we're throwing darts with our, with our eyes closed and just hoping for the best. That was the first thing that we did when I, when I started, wasn't it, with you? It was go away and, and eat normally like you normally would for a week and just see how many calories are you actually eating and where are they and what where are they and I remember the first revelation being a Tesco sandwich meal deal and thinking oh my god that's like nearly 800 calories oh it definitely could be and, it, and I'm not even I'm never full after one of them it True. doesn't matter <laughs> <True>. <laughs> the sandwich is so tiny isn't it it's a fen- yeah. when you look at the calories on the Caesar chicken wrap and each yeah. each side of the chicken wrap is like two inches tall it's <laughs> offensive it. I don't actually know how they get that many calories into it <laughs> it's, yeah, I it's, it's a skill I it, 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 it's quite unbelievable and I think once you actually start analyzing what you currently eat and go well where are those calories where are they hidden so Tesco sandwiches or full fat drinks or you know sugar in your tea or all those things you, you start to analyze and you know you can find out the calories in everything now these days you know there's apps there to, to do that once you understand where you currently are, you realize why you're overweight. That And that was for me, the biggest revelation was actually taking a step back and looking at where I am. Instead of going half a leather into a six week diet of eating, you know, straw it, it, and, and failing miserably or just, you know, whatever. It, because you need to understand where you currently are. Okay, where you want to go. But if you understand where you currently are, any step along that route is a step towards wherever the, the final destination is isn't it um, i think that that's the thing to let go of is that final destination i need to get to here climb this mountain or i need to eat this whole elephant you know how do you do that well you eat it one bite at a time you climb that mountain one step at a time you don't think about the top and i think we're all guilty Try, I've tried when we've tried to lose weight i know i am when i've tried to lose weight in the past oh i can't possibly lose seven stone it's just insurmountable it's too much it's too far it's too big it's a large amount it's a huge amount and you and i think the 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 the, the advice i would impart on that question is you know don't think about the future of it think about the what can you do today in the small step you can make today to change that otherwise you, you, you know climbing snowdon you're not thinking about the top you're thinking about your foot in front of the other aren't you oh if, if, if you're climbing a mountain and you stare at the top firstly you can't even see the top and this, no. this is this is what it's like with most people's weight loss journey as well i bet when you when you were at the start you couldn't imagine where you are now because it's a long way away and you've not been yeah. there for a long time a lot of people have forgotten uh, how they used to feel or what they could feel like or what health feels like sometimes some people who come to see me literally they can't even remember what it feels like to not be in pain or to feel yeah. good or have good energy levels because they've just not for so long yeah. so if you stare at the top you can't even see where you're going for a start it's not yeah. to not look at the end but you need to if, if you don't look at the like you said 10 meters in front it's a it's a treacherous journey there's a lot of pitfalls there's a lot of traps there's a lot of crevasses you will slip and fall you will end up down a flipping crevasse definitely if you just stare at the top so you need to 
focus on the few steps in front of you, like you said, make sure you're planting your feet correctly and taking the right steps and just keep the corner of your eye, your peripheral vision on the long-term goal and where you're going. So you've kind of got dual vision. Yeah. yeah, dual vision okay. into it. Let's move on to some other questions then and we'll do some, some maybe a bit more quick fire because we're not going to get through any, are we? 15 <laughs> minutes, that's half of question one. I, I had more points. I've only done okay. one. <laughs> I had more points. So top three things people struggle with when trying to lose weight. What have you seen? Oh my Lord, I would say... Oh, it depends which way you look at it, doesn't it? It depends which way we go about it. I would say number one, diet fatigue. That that is a that is an umbrella term which means dieting is difficult. And as you diet for longer and longer and longer, the more weight you lose, the more difficult it gets. This encompasses a lot of different things: mental restriction, physical restriction, hunger levels rising as people lose more weight without stopping, cravings from restriction increasing as people going along. I just think the diet's just damn difficult. I just think it's difficult, and the longer you go without a break, the harder it gets for people. So I would say literally. When you say without a break, would you encourage people then to have things like cheat meals? Cheat meals. Um, you Again, that depends which way you look at it. A cheat meal is an interesting way to think about it because nobody really on our program ever has cheat meals because I don't really tell anybody what they can and can't eat. There isn't anything that's really a cheat. It's Some things are higher calories and some things are lower calories. And do I eat high calorie food? Yes. I, I order pizza and I eat desserts and takeaways and normal things too. Does that mean I'm cheating on my diet? Not necessarily, does it? Because what if I just eat well the rest of the time? Yeah. Then I haven't really cheated anything. I haven't cheated myself. It doesn't mean you won't necessarily lose weight just because you ate one high calorie thing. So I don't think you should even really necessarily think about it as a cheat meal to start with. I think that's that's a restrictive mindset where you're thinking that you're either on the plan or off the plan. Then once you're off the plan, it's easier to go more off the plan, isn't it? And then this starts a slippery yeah. slope for people. I would say though, would I recommend you have a cheat meal then? No. Would I recommend sometimes you eat higher calorie foods and eat things that you enjoy and big portions of food sometimes? Yes. Yes, for sure. Why not? Um, I, I know that you are a good interviewer because you probed that question already knowing the answer because you know, obviously, from the programme. I know the answer to all these questions. I know you. <laughs> so it's a fake interview. It's a completely fake interview. It's all a ruse. Here we go. It's not fake. I've heard you talk about this for, for, for a long time now, but I, these are the sorts of questions I know were in my mind two and a half, three years ago. And these are the sorts of things where you kind of read up and go, well, people say you should have a cheat meal because then you fill your cells with this and then you read a story telling you that you should have that because then you'll drop it quicker if you and your metabolism change. You know, Sounds magical. I think. Yeah, it's absolutely, <laughs> and you, you cling on to stuff like that, you read and think it must be that's, you know, maybe we should try that, eat loads of food to lose weight. Uh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> but I think to go, to go back to basics, I mean, probably should have asked this question at the start, you know, in terms of calories, there is a calculation there that we set out at the beginning and we kind of worked out what I should be eating uh, in terms of the number of calories in order to be in deficit in terms of what I needed. So your body needs a certain amount of calories a day, but if you eat less than that, you lose weight. Correct, it, yes. Science. So there is a, there is a calculation that, that you can work out what you should be eating should for your, what you, for your desired weight, let's say, and then, and then to reduce your calories to that amount will guarantee you a weight loss. So how do you work that out? 
Oh, that's a good question. There's a lot of different ways you can work that out. Um, the way that we use on the program is called MET-BMR. MET is short for metabolic. So it's called the MET-BMR method. So people, you can literally Google it. You can literally just Google MET-BMR method. We, or I, have chosen one of, most of my program is based on science. A tiny bit is artistic licensing. A tiny bit is my opinion. Like I prefer to use the MET-BMR method for my clients, for example, on the program. There's other ways. There's Harris-Benedict equation. That's the most famous one of all time. If, if, if you go on most, what should my calorie intake be? Google website sort of thing. Or you Google, what is my BMR? That's another th same way of looking at your, a similar way of looking at your calorie intake. Basal metabolic rate. How fast is your metabolism? That basically means uh, Harris, there's Harris Benedict, there's Cunningham equation, there's Mifflin St. J.R., a French one, if you want to get fancy. And I do use that one sometimes <laughs> as well. Um, we use the Met BMR one for two reasons. Number one, it's simple. Um, I teach people to not have to rely on me. I like to give them full autonomy over their goals so that you have got control over it. So yes, I will work out for people how fast their metabolism is and how, what their calorie intake ranges should be, etc. But I also want you to know how to do that for yourself because you need this information for the rest of your entire life. So I'm not trying to give you loads of crazy information because some of these equations are literally crazy. You can go on websites and you can just type in the stats and it works it out for you. But if you look at the equation, it's crazy. It's like long and there's, uh, it's like algebra. It's intense. No, um, the one that we use, in fact, you know what I'll do? I'll type it into the chat box. Yes, look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write F equals, so this is your female, 22 and then in brackets, your body weight in, in kilos. Yeah, in kilos. Um, there we go um, and then so if there's any ladies watching if you go into the chat box now if you're a female let me just check I've got this right you get the number this is in your calculator or your mobile phone you get the number 22 then you click times then you type in your body weight in kg then technically I've not used enough brackets because you should press equals so there should be more brackets there and then you times that by 1.1 so there's three parts to the equation that 1.1 is also slightly my artistic licensing because there's other ways you can do it than that um, that's just the way I do it for my clients because a lot of people come to me and they've got slower metabolisms so depending on what people's activity and metabolism is like, you can change that last number in the equation technically. But I leave it as 1.1 for everybody because a lot of people I coach have got slow metabolism. So I'm just trying to account for that basically. And, and, and the, the other part of it was if it's over, what, 2,000 calories was it at the start? Yeah. If that number comes out at higher than 2,000, just bring it down to 2,000. That's also what we do on the program, yeah. Um, yeah. That's for two reasons. Number Well, it's for a couple of different reasons. Number one is that this, speci this specific MET-BMR equation gets less accurate the higher somebody's body weight is. It works better for smaller body weights. If somebody's got a higher body weight and I... I want to work out how what their rough calorie metabolism would be or calorie intake range should be. I default to the Mifflin St. J.R. equation like I did. I've got a podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes where I break down the diet of a lady who weighs 500 pounds. So she weighs 500 pounds. She's, she, she's got a lot of weight to lose, this lady. And so to be honest, it... it if I, if I was working with this lady, I would do habit change with this lady anyway. And it's not really about the calories. It's There's yeah. more to it than just that. But for just for my own brain, I wanted to just think, mm, I wondered how fast is the metabolism? How much does somebody have to eat really 
to be 500 pounds? How much is she actually eating? So then there's different equations you can do for different people. Um, so if for ladies, you are exactly right on the program, the way we use it is if somebody's number goes above 2000, when it, what it yields on the calculation, we cap it at 2000, partly for the accuracy, it gets less accurate, the higher somebody's weight goes up. But number two is for long-term habit change. Basic, yeah. Basically, a lot of, a lot of ladies goals when they finish their goal weight, so this is kind of my artistic licensing again, this is not necessarily science, but most ladies' goals, when they finish losing weight on our program, their metabolism will end up finishing at around 2,000 calories per day. So not only am I trying to reduce their calorie intake so their weight comes down, I'm also simultaneously trying to train them and help them understand how much food they will have to eat at the end of the diet to keep the weight off. So that's another reason that we cap it from going higher, not only to help people's weight loss, not only for the accuracy, but also for long-term training. Um, I've, wrote, I've also wrote in the chat box here for men, so I've put M, um, it's 24, so it's a slightly higher number. This is to account for men having slightly higher muscle mass per weight ratio than ladies. Then you put your body weight in kilograms again, and then you times it by 1.1. And for men who are six foot tall or less, I usually cap it at 2,500. And if you're over six foot tall, sometimes I cap it at 3,000. But again, that's, that depends on who you are and what you do. Anyway, this is this. I didn't expect to talk about any of this. This is Sorry. Freaking, no, this I is science to... in hell, isn't it? So that's that's the science that helps. Isn't it? <laughs> I guess science it helps. That, yes, it helps. That, that you start with, and you go, oh, when you you know, as I said before, I spent the first week just eating as I carried on eating, and I was eating three thousand, three and a half thousand calories a day without even thinking about it, and that's Easily why pound overweight so then you realize what you're eating and you think okay now i need to reduce it to oh, my starting one was two thousand, and the weight comes off quite quickly that's if you've got a lot to lose yeah and, and yeah and you've got the motivation and it goes on and you can keep doing it to a point but then bringing it back to another point you just mentioned about diet fatigue gets to that point where you need to kind of have a rest and and, and eat back up to you know not to three and a half thousand but to try and re i don't know give yourself some more energy give some give yourself some time take a break from the program of, of you know so it's not not a diet as such which it isn't it's a it's it's a whole shift isn't it it's a shift into changing the patterns of what you're eating and this week for example i've just been out for lunch with a friend and, and this week's been particularly bad let's say i'm eating a bit more than normal but that's okay because i was ready to as long as you've then got that mindset where you switch back into into um, eating slightly less, then then it works, doesn't it? And that's the, the key behind it. Yep, I've got a few things to say on this. The first okay. one is that we've only done one point. You asked me three different things that people, we've done one and we've done 25 minutes. <laughs> Here we go. So we're definitely not going to be- If people have questions, please pop them in the chat and we'll ask your questions instead. Oh, you should definitely put your questions in the chat box, people. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, the second yeah. thing I was going to say is this is advice for everybody. You should definitely take breaks when you're dieting. This is what Jenny was just explaining. Um, at Slum Society, we are one of the only programs that does not encourage you to diet every single day. I will tell you that is a bad idea and you know that it is because dieting is too difficult to do every single day. Anything that's really difficult, you don't do it every day, like work. We take weekends off, you, you have four to six weeks annual leave, you go on holiday. What happens when you come back off holiday? You feel refreshed, then you do better, don't you? Then you have a good, another good push for a couple of months, ah, and then you need a break, don't you? Dieting is also different. This is how we should also do dieting. No other fat loss program in the flipping world, I don't know why. I don't know if they're just not thinking it through or what, but they just say, how much weight do you want to lose? 10 stone, all right, go. <laughs> like you're gonna no, do that in one go. go. Yeah. 
<laughs> doesn't work. Right, we've Just got a question. Course. Brilliant. Uh, advice for people that like a pint. If this was one of my questions, so is oh, alcohol really bad for a diet? You know, can people carry on drinking on a diet? Not on a diet. Can people can people drink and still lose weight? All right, I'm right, going to hit this for two good points actually. I'm, I'm going to skip this back. The first question you asked was if I had one piece of advice for people, what would it be? And I said, it's simple, but not easy. One of my other answers was going to be, if I was going to give somebody some basic practical advice, because that's like mindset advice. If I was going to give yeah. practical advice, I would have said what you said, and I would have said calories are king. When it comes to weight loss, and really throughout your life, when it comes to health, because weight management is the biggest health issue that people are going to come across accumulative on average, Calories are the most important factor, not only for weight loss, literally, if you reduce your calorie intake, like you said, below a certain level, every single human loses weight. The, the, the level you have to reduce it to and from is different for every single person. Some people's metabolisms are slower than other people's for a whole host of reasons, that's, that's true. But if anybody reduces the calories enough, the weight comes off. And that's regardless of what you eat. It doesn't matter whether you eat healthy or not. It doesn't matter whether you eat one meal, six meals. It doesn't matter whether you have a pint or drink alcohol. It doesn't matter. Um, so you can drink a pint, definitely. You can drink alcohol. You can eat chocolate bars. You can eat, have dessert, these kind of things. It's just about fitting it into the calorie balance overall. And also, it's like you said, and like we mentioned earlier, fat loss, any anything, health, even like Tilney, the fantastic company that's putting on this for us and that you work for and who's arranged this, financial planners. It's like if you spend a lot of money on one day, and financial advisors, aren't you? Does that ruin all of flipping everything? Not necessarily. What? How do you manage your money on average, don't you? What, like we said earlier, it's it's the same practices and protocols and principles for all success in life across most areas. What would you do as, I'm gonna make this up, but then you you tell me, because financial planning is not flipping my area at all. You tell me if it's right or wrong, so I'm gonna completely make this up. If somebody came to you for financial planning or advice, would you firstly do an assessment of what's coming in, what's going out, how much they've got, and then you'd look for a few changes that they can make going forward. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, <laughs> see? Thank God that worked that's, out. Thank that's, God. Why, that's why I think once I knew the principles of the education behind it, I was like, oh, I do this for a living. That's why I knew you could do it. This is why I had absolutely <laughs> no doubt, because I knew you were a successful individual. And if you can succeed at one thing, you can succeed at anything. You just have to take a tiny little bit of the same effort and principles and protocols that you were using and just portion them, not even all of it, just portion a bit over, and then we're on it. And then we're on it. We're that, that, progress. That, it's a good point. You knew I could do it, but I didn't. So there was an element of lack of self-belief, which is why I'm holding this, this this meeting now, which is why I will talk to anybody until the cows come home about weight loss, because I did not believe that I could ever wear a size 10 dress. Never, I just, I've never worn one. I, I went straight past that on the way up. Never ever wore a size 10 dress, and there's some friends on the call, and they'll know that. I have struggled with my weight my whole life and never ever ever believed it could be down. But you have you believed it, and I think once you get past a certain point, you do start to believe it. But that's what I want to try and get across today is that I know people are struggling and oh, I can't do it, I'm not in the right frame of mind. I have to switch the button, you know, in my head and I'll start off one day. And there's, there's a plethora of excuses as to why you can't do it. And I'm not saying I'm 
you know, eat perfectly. As I've just said, I had a pizza for lunch. Did I say that? Sorry, should I tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's about believing that you can do it. If I can do that, then then anybody on this call can lose less than that. It, it's, it's, it, it, it's not easy, it's hard, but it, it's achievable and it is doable. Yeah, it's not, that, uh, it's not that I believed that you could do it. Belief had nothing to do with it, really. I knew for a fact that you could do it. Did I know you were going to do it necessarily? No. Did I know you could do it? Definitely. Like I've just said, every, hum every human can lose weight. There's no, if your metabolism breaks, that's called death. <laughs> You've died. <laughs> that's when it stops. Until then, it's turning. And what, do you, what are you using to be alive? It's food, isn't it? We're not absorbing energy from the ether. Food's going in. Yeah, your metabolism's working. That's called, that's called being alive. There's no people who have got a broken metabolism. Some people are slower, true. But everybody who reduces their calories enough. Some people have to reduce them a lot. But everybody yeah. who reduces it enough. It always works every single time. So it's literally yeah. science and it can only be called science because it's testable and repeatable. It works every time. So I know that everybody can do it. Will it be difficult, more difficult or less difficult for different people? Definitely. It'll be a longer or a shorter process, a different process, but definitely for every single yeah. person. But every single person can do it. You just need the right education, the right support. Sometimes it needs to be the right mind frame. Sometimes you need the right space or time in your life. You know, because yeah. it's a difficult thing to be taken on more, you know. But yeah. with enough support and the pieces falling into place, every single person can do it. And like I said, I knew you were successful in other areas. I could just see it from who you were. And... <laughs> right, moving on. We've got another question. <laughs> moving on. All right, then. <laughs> uh, it, links, it links in quite well with, with the, the, the deficit. Are there any issues with weight loss and under-eating? And secondly, uh, what is your attitude to BMI scales, good or bad? Was question. this a question someone's put in? Sorry. Yes, into the chat. Yes. Oh, yeah. all right. Okay. With, with weight loss with and under eating. So I think, Amy, do you mean? Uh, can I you can't eat too little? Question for some reason. Oh, okay. Is it? Is it? Do you mean that you can you eat too little? To, oh, it's directly to me. That's why. Don't worry. Oh, um, okay. Are there any issues with weight loss and under eating? Well, that's the first question. So, can you eat too little? Um. I would say that's not really that's not really a black and white thing. Some people could. Some people have got eating disorders and stuff like this. Some people need to be careful. Some people have had past eating disorders. Some people are sensitive to food change, you know. So in certain cases, can you cause eating disorders by under-eating? Not really that much. Not really that much. Like, you know, if somebody's got anorexia or something like this, like they're going to they're going to eat so little that it's going to reduce their body weight so much that it's causing them issues. This is not usually caused by like standard dieting. Otherwise, we'd see that showing up on very restrictive diets like Cambridge, Light Alive, 500 calorie a day diets, VLCDs. And it doesn't really. The NHS recommends these for people who've got diabetes or heart disease or problems. Like very, very low calorie diets are recommended because they actually work and they help people. So eating disorders do are obviously a real thing. And some people have to, be, have to this, this is a mental and a physical thing. And it's a situation that some people are like genetically predisposed to, etc. So some people need to be careful. Overall, on average, I would say... In the short term, not really. In the long term, yes. Like yeah. in, in the short term, if you, like if I don't, if I eat zero calories today, what will happen? 
like nothing. nothing really. I'll be hungry. I'll I'll have lost some body fat definitely because my body will have sucked it out and burned it to keep me alive. But what will have happened really? Nothing. I'm not going to get a vitamin mineral deficiency in okay, one day. Slightly, slightly different slant on it then. Does it, uh, the the mean? Does it more in terms of can it cause the metabolism to slow down and cause problems shifting the pounds? Oh, so okay. Yeah, this is a common myth, isn't it? If you eat too little, uh, what myth? I don't know. You might bust it. I don't know. But if you eat too little, all of a sudden your body's used to that little, and you and you 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 then struggle to to lose weight beyond that. It, it, yeah, that that's, yeah, that's interesting. That's not a true thing. I know that's that's um, yeah. it, it's kind of true in some ways, and it's also kind of not true. It's called metabolic adaptation. They used to call it starvation mode. That's what it used to be like. That's yeah. colloquially i always struggle to pronounce that word that's too many syllables for me in one go colloquially there we go termed yeah uh, it used to be called starvation mode and everybody used to think and it even used to be shown in science that if you ate too little that your metabolism would slow down and you would stop losing weight that's because they'd, they'd done literal scientific studies where they'd been giving people a certain amount of food and then they and and they knew how much food they were giving them because these people were in what's called metabolic wards literally a metabolism hospital these people are locked in it's by flipping choice it's not like prison you know but these people are locked in there's no fridges they can't cheat they're given the meals that the nutritionists have worked out the exact calories of they're watching these people on cameras at all times so they know how much these people are eating and they can see them not cheating and they saw every single time people drop their calories down they start losing weight and then it peters out and stops every single time again and again this happened in studies and that was a real thing what it turned out though go on what were you going to say <laughs> I was going to say, is that not though because they've then lost weight and they don't need as many calories? Oh, that's one of the reasons. Good. See, you do know. That's one of the reasons they weren't accounting for all the variables in these studies. When these studies have been redone with better controls of all the variables, this turned out not to be true. What was happening in those studies is, again, diet fatigue. One of the things that happens when you eat a low calorie intake is your energy levels drop, then you move less. Yeah, yeah. you move less, you even fidget less. People even roll around in their sleep less. And they, they fidget less when they're sat in chairs and your step count drops and the amount of exercise you can do at the gym because you're tired goes down. So do, can your metabolism slow down? Kind of, because your metabolism's all the calories that you burn. Does your internal machinery stop working if you don't eat? Definitely not 100%. Um, your metabolism's always turning. 70-ish percent of all the calories that you use comes from like just your organs and you being alive. So they don't go anywhere. They're still there. You are right. When small, when smaller people do require less calories, like smaller cars and vehicles require less fuel. That's true. So your metabolism does drop or slow down, quote unquote, as you lose weight. Definitely true. Just because smaller people require less food, um, but it doesn't slow down your internal machinery. Like if you, if somebody cuts down their calorie intake a lot, their body won't get used to it and just stop losing body fat that literally in biology does not make sense because if you're not using if you haven't eaten any food imagine and you're not losing any fat how are you alive yeah. what do you live off i mean what why have you eaten anything if you if any if any human could not eat any food and they didn't lose weight why have you been eating in the first place yeah why have you been wasting your time three times a day every single day of your life eating food if apparently you just stay the same weight and nothing happens to you if you don't eat food this is not real. <laughs> this is not a real thing. <laughs> and, it, and it explains why it just slows down so much as well, the longer you go at it. And that's why if you've got little bit to lose, it can be actually harder 
just to lose that last little bit. That's true it? because you're starting smaller. So you're starting smaller people, contrary to popular belief, have slower metabolisms because smaller people require less fuel. The more weight you've got to lose, that's making your metabolism faster because the more you weigh, the more calories it takes to maintain that high body weight. That pushes your metabolism up. But you're exactly right. Um, there, there is an internal metabolic slowdown, you know. There is internal um, hormonal and biological machinery slowdown. It's about 10%, maybe. Like, it, like your calorie maintenance can, you know, like the starvation mode thing. Your metabolism yeah. will not stop, but it can down-regulate by 10, maybe 20%. From, like, the, there's studies that show if you measure people's um, calorie maintenances... Like, let's say we got a load of people that are, I'm going to make this up. Let's say we got a load of people that are 150 pound in weight. They weigh 150 pound, a load of ladies. Some of them have been 150 pound all of their life. Some of them used to be 200, 250 pound or something. And they've lost weight back down to 150. If you do the, if you do more specific, not just the average calculation like we showed, there's like more scientific laboratory ways of testing people's calorie maintenances. If you do this, the people who've lost weight down to that weight on average have slower metabolisms than the people who'd been 150 pound all their life. So there is some kind of like internal slowing down, but it only seems to be like 10%. So I was going to say, it's going to be a tiny amount. It's not, it shouldn't make any difference to the fact. It matters it a bit, but it's not like changing your life sort of thing. No, it shouldn't be a reason to not be able to lose weight now, is there? No, and you can bump up your metabolism and make it faster. Like you can increase your metabolism by eating a higher protein intake on average by 10%. Fixed it. You can do it. You can do a higher step count and that'll, that'll increase your metabolism on, on average by 20%. Now you're in bonus. Now you're yeah. faster than you were before. That's yeah. what we do on the program, don't we? We help people build other yeah. habits into their life. It's the other habits that help, which ties nicely into another question here. Top tips to keep on track in the long term. I lose interest, give up, and then have to keep getting back on track, and it's really hard to keep consistent focus. My biggest problem. Ah, uh, this this was gonna be my this was gonna be my second one anyway. You asked me three problems that people experience. <laughs> Number one, I said diet fatigue. Then we've gone completely off track. <laughs> or on track, but in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. My second one was literally going to be losing focus or perspective or patience patience or any or all of them different for different people but it's just because it's a hard game and it's a long game i i literally swear that at slim society we make the dieting as easy as possible for people I, i firmly understand that we have the easiest fat loss program that can exist in the world other programs can be equally easy that's true but none can be easier because if i give anybody any less rules or structure than we give people it literally will not work we, we start people off on the minimum effective dose what is the least you can possibly do while getting the result that you want okay let's start there that's what we do so i, I can't make it any easier and still, I swear to God, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's, we make it, I make it as easy as possible. And it's still not that easy. And it's, but it's the mindset. People think they've got to reduce the calories and eat more vegetables and eat more protein and run around everywhere and drink more water. Oh, and, slower than this. <laughs> but they, 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 they need to do all these things at the beginning. I did. I had to do all of it right now. But actually realise, it's it, you know, start with one get that right and get that as a habit and yeah. then think well, actually what else can I do to help this now yeah. you know I, it's like anything if you if you start with the calories in fact let's go through those six steps because that that will help I think kind of um 
solidify what we're saying as we're running out of time quickly. So the first <laughs> Are we? Oh my God. We could go for three hours. Can I, can I, I do a little mini speech sure. to frame yeah. this for people then? Yeah, um, like Like the, the Slim Society Fat Loss Program, it's called Six Steps to Slim. And this is not a sales pitch. This is going to make sense to you why it's called that and why I'm explaining it to you. And it, it's because I, I called it Six Steps to Slim and Slim Society because I like alliteration. And I think it sounds cute. But really, there are six variables, not chosen by me, chosen by biology or God, <laughs> whoever you believe. It, literally, there are six variables that you can manipulate that make a, a decent, let's say, a big, a worth it, a big impact on your health, body weight. It's mostly a weight management program, but also health, you know, stuff like this. So the first step is one of my tips from your first question, Jenny. Your first question was, what do people need to understand, basically? One of them that I said was calories are king. If you only control your calorie intake correctly, you can 100% achieve the goal. So that's the minimum you can do. If you don't control your calorie intake correctly, you will not achieve the goal. That's the same for every single human. So that's the minimum that you've got to do. You've got to do something with the calories. You can do it in different ways. You can reduce carbs, you can reduce fat, you can exercise more, you can intermittent fast, you can flip in this or that. You can this and that, if you're really feeling fancy. But you've got to do something with the calories. So that's the first step. That's where everybody starts on our program. We do a calorie assessment. Like you, you can do this yourselves. Everybody can do this themselves. You can get an app. My Fitness Pal, NutriCheck, something like this. Start logging the foods that you eat into it as accurately as you can. It'll bring out not a correct number, but a rough calorie estimation of where you're at. And then you can realize immediately, oh shit, that's too much. <laughs> and then you can start to look at what, what, you start to think, oh, okay, so that's costing loads there. Not in terms of money, but in terms of calories. And that's burning me. There on a weekend, this thing. Um, so you can start to, and then you can start to make those small adjustments. So that's the, that's the first step that we do with people. And that's really the only step that you have to do. Um, like Jonathan asked, what about, what about people who can, who want to drink a pint? You can drink a pint. You just have to fit it into a calorie intake that's appropriate for your weight loss goal. Fit things in, eat whatever you want, but hopefully make it a healthy balanced diet. Like if you just have a full alcohol diet, that causes different issues, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> then it'll go a whole different kind of direction, but you know. <laughs> For a period of time of doing that, that's when you start to realise that glass of wine isn't worth it. I don't need that one on a Wednesday. I'll take that out. Or actually that takeaway that's twice a week, well, let's just have it once a week and let's reduce it down that way. You start to then pick things out that you think, I'd rather have this than that. Yes, because people stop... Yeah. Yeah. People stop seeing food for just what is it and what does it taste like or how much does it cost and what does it taste like? Because we're at the supermarket and things have got like a little label on it says how much it costs and on the front of the packet, you can see what it is and you've probably eaten that thing before where you're imagining, ooh, what does it taste like? So we're weighing up. Do I want to pay that for that taste? That's in what calories. Yeah. <laughs> well, in money. But what we think about, what we try and do with people. I oh, know, I do it in calories. <laughs> yes, no, this is what I'm saying. Good. This is what we do on the program. Yeah. We don't only see food for what is it and what does it cost, but also what's in it and what is it doing to you. It, th yeah. There's more going on with food than just do I want to pay that money for that taste on my tongue. That is not the only two variables that are being affected. There's also yeah. what is in that food and what is it doing to you? Is it achieving your goals? Is it making you healthier? Is it making you happier? Is it helping or hindering your future? Is it taking you towards or away from who you want to be? There's a lot more to it, isn't there? There's a lot more to it. So you're exactly yeah. right. People start to weigh things up and decide what's worth it. Like I, I eat high calorie food, but you've got to impress me. Literally, 
I don't, I don't go around eating any old bullshlacker. <laughs> I swear to God. If we're having a takeaway, I'm making it a good one. And I'm not ordering from any random takeaways ever. I'm taking a recommendation or it's no go. Because I'm not, I'm not, if I'm spending my health and 40 quid on food, it yeah. better be good. It better be yeah. good. <laughs> you know. So it's like the wine now. Yeah, I want the wine, but I don't have to have any old rubbish. I'm going to have a nice glass of wine because it's got to be worth it for that particular amount of calories in that one glass. Yeah, some people think it is worth it for the wine. Some people don't. Some people think I want the alcohol, but not the calories. So I'll go for gin and slimline tonic. Then they get to have a little tipple and keep low calories. Some people think, no, the gin and slimline, it's not for me. I won't even enjoy it. I like the wine for the wine. So I'm going to, like Jonathan might like a pint. Okay, you can... I, I, for me, I'm not a big drinker, but I do eat desserts. Some people, they're a drinker, but they don't like desserts. Okay. It's finding the balance that works for you, isn't it? Finding the balance We've got 15 minutes. Oh, I feel like we need to finish the steps, that... don't we? The other variables. Yeah, we need to cover them. The six variables, yeah. The first one's calories. The second one's movement and exercise. You all knew it. What did we say at the beginning? Eat less, move more. Guess how the program works. Step one, <laughs> eat less. Step two, move more. Do you have to exercise? No, everyone knows it. Slimming world, Weight Watchers, you know, they don't make you exercise. People still lose weight. Everybody knows you don't have to exercise to lose weight. Does it help though? Yes. It's actually your second most effective tool. That's why it's the second step to slim. Technically, if you want to really delve into it, step counting, doing more walking, burns more calories across your life on average than anything else. So technically walking is the best form of exercise for weight loss. Formal exercise, like running or gymming or classes or anything else really that's your third most effective tool um, then moving on to the third step to slim we do healthy eating so we do increasing fruits increasing vegetables stuff like this healthy eating protocols basically um, this is the how the quality of your diet is the third variable that you can manipulate making it healthy adds more fiber vitamins and minerals better feelings of well-being that takes your calorie intake down keeps you fuller for longer all this kind of business the fourth step we, this encompasses a lot of different things, but we call it snacking and psychology. So snacking is a big issue for some people. People can snack away. We all can, can't we? You can snack away a thousand calories like it ain't no thing. And it's, it's <laughs> stress management falls into this as well. Emotional eating, boredom eating, social eating. It's all the reasons we eat that aren't for actual hunger. It's your psychology. It's your mindset. This is what we work on in the fourth step with people. Long-term thinking. Like we said, not good and bad foods. Just averaging over, working on, any, anyway, all that kind of stuff. The fifth thing you can do is eat a better protein intake. This makes your metabolism faster. Um, it keeps you fuller for longer. It helps your hormones. It helps your immune system. It helps flipping build everything that you are. Protects your muscle mass as you lose weight, so you lose fat, not muscle. Loads of stuff. It's excellent. And then the sixth thing is watching for your liquid calorie intake. Um... Just because it can be a real burner, oils, lattes, flipping fruit juices, even protein shakes or meal replacement shakes or stuff like this. They're just not always low calories and people drink a lot more calories than they think they do. And then they're thinking, I don't eat much food, you know, but I'm still not losing weight. And then if you rack up, they're drinking 500 calories a day in a latte and an orange juice and a something else. It's 500 calories and it's ruining your diet um, without you even knowing it on the secret. Um, if you want then, Jenny, because I can see we've got 10 minutes left. I'm also I'm yeah. also concerned, though, that we didn't answer Jack's B. Um, yeah, no, I did that. I did that one. I feel like we didn't do it quite enough, Oh, we did cover it. Okay, no. So keeping on track longer term. Yeah, yeah. If you can do a little bit more on that, that would be good. I feel like it would be a good idea, yeah. I'm just going to write into the yeah. chat box. Number one, calorie intake. Number two, move more. Number three, these are, these are literally tools of effectiveness. If you're doing other things than these, you're doing it wrong. 
that's Connor's typing that just to kind of yes he he he, he operates the the slim society six steps to slim and that's what i i was a part of or still am a part of um each one of these subject matters is broken down within his program to a two hour webinar yeah every pre-recorded webinar that he does i yes, can give you a right ear beating <laughs> the more you listen to him and he has got a, a you know he has got a, a um a public page on facebook as well which is where i kind of started listening to some more swim of society videos. on facebook here we go and <laughs> and that that really starts to open your eyes to you know some of the rubbish other rubbish that you hear out in 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 the press you know red wine's good for you avocados bad for you and all these different things you think well is this right is it not right you know it comes down to this basic calorie um deficit so he, he puts a lot of videos out on there but if you do decide you want to have a look at the program and he does do a two-week free trial you can get access to as i said two hours of each one of those subjects there's 12 hours of education of understanding and listening and really getting behind why you're struggling or what you can do to change it and some things will click and then you go ah oh, got it i'm going to change that and that and it's small steady build on it build on it build on it and a lot of you on the call know me from many years ago and it, it is something that has changed gradually over time I've not just turned into you know a, a ridiculous walker wearing a size 10 you know it's not happened overnight it does take time but it can be done and that that the, the education is is key I think is understanding why you do things and and how you can change things yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That was a lovely pitch. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> Tell people that you exist. Um, so back to Jack's question then. Um, yeah, because so this, this is a big one for people. Yeah. How do we get keep interest? Yeah, so I can see this question here. Top tips for keeping on track long term. I lose interest and give up. I, think, I just feel like we need to, go, this would be a good concluding point because this is everyone, isn't it? How many diets have we all tried? Flipping all of them. And then what happens? You either lose interest or you give up. So I would say to Jax, this is not you. This is not an issue for you. This is an issue for everyone. So please don't feel like you're broken or you're not strong enough or my willpower isn't good enough. It must be me. No. This is the same for flipping everyone, literally. I lose interest and give up and then have to keep getting back on track. Definitely. That's because, like I said earlier, it's the diet fatigue. This is literally the thing. Dieting is difficult mentally and physically. The more days you do it in a row, just like if you worked every day in a row, what would happen? You'd get frustrated, burnt out, tired, confused. You'd start to not like it or enjoy it. So you need to step back for a little bit of time. So what we encourage people to do is take a break before you break. Before you go crazy and start eating everything and fall completely off the track and then feel bad about it and then struggle to get back on, then we're on the same cycle again and again and again and again. You just need to just go steadier. And if you start to feel restricted or too hungry or like it's really, you're getting bored of it, you're sick of my voice, you're sick of hearing about calories, you just, you hate all of this. Then you will get sick of his voice. You will. I'll give you ear beatings. I will. <laughs> I never get bored of this kind of stuff ever. <laughs> I'm always here every day um, trying to help yeah. people. Um, so I would say literally you need to take breaks. If people join my program, you, you will literally get bored of that too. And then you'll need to take a little break. And I'll, I'll tell you to watch for it. And I'll be watching for it as well. You'll literally get bored of it. It's, it's dieting. It's not fun. I can, I can pull party poppers and make it all pizzazz, but it's still not going to be fun. You still have to eat less and it still kind of sucks. So it's going to wear you out. Science literally shows no one gets further than six to eight weeks into a diet without screwing it up. Not even bodybuilders and fitness models and they get paid and have photos and people pressuring them and it's their full-time job to eat perfectly. They still screw it up. Everyone screws it up. 
So what you can do is restrict yourself less, choose an easier plan, go steady on yourself, go slower and take breaks. Will you still get bored of it? Yes. But then you just take, you don't just scream forward until eventually you fall off track and you just, you're struggling to even stand up or get started again. Sometimes you just have to just calm down for a little bit, have a breather, take a week off, but take a controlled week off. You won't eat everything, but I will eat some things. I'll eat more, but not all the things. <laughs> don't restrict yourself until you just put your face into a cake. Restrict yourself until you feel like you're really wanting some cake and then have some cake. It's going to be okay. You know, like if, if people on our program, we encourage people to sort of like, I don't know, lose a stone, take a week off, lose a stone, take a week off. Or you, Jenny, you lost a hundred pounds. You did 60 pounds in one go, then took like two months off, then did the final 40 pounds. Okay. As long as you've got a break in there, because you said, right, I'm, you listened to me say, right, you should take breaks. And you said, right, but I'm going to go ahead as fast as I can and do as much as I can. And then I'll break when I need to. You are flipping hardcore and did 60 damn pounds without even stopping. And I mean, more power to you. Because when I say take breaks, I'm yeah, not... and then break down and cried and had an absolute paddy for a week. You were uh... quite stressed. <laughs> you yeah, were a little bit stressed. <laughs> so I would I would echo that for, for what 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 Connor said is taking the breaks. And Jax, if you know, it is it is hard longer, but it, it goes slower. You know, in a way, I wish I'd gone slow. It might not have been as difficult, but it's done now. Done. You wish you went slower and took it easier well, on yourself. Really. In hindsight, I might have gone slower and oh, it might not nice. be as hard. But at the time when you're in it, and if because I had so much to lose, I just needed to get the job done. You know, just get, just get this done. Just get, just get yeah. to the top of the mountain and then I can see yeah. the view. But now but, I can see the view. I'm staying here for a bit. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Enjoy the weather as well. Um, I, I think it you goes back to again. Point. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, I think it's also like the financial planning thing. And like, again, tell me if I'm wrong, please, because I'm completely stepping out of my lane here and just absolutely making things up. But if you're trying to save money, would it still be okay and decent advice if you spent some money sometimes? You know, like if you didn't just make your life hell and scrimp and save every single penny, that's not necessarily yeah. how you live your life or go about it, is it? And if you scrimp and save every single calorie, that you're going to make your life awful too. That's not yeah. the way to go about it. Should you save money on average? Definitely. Should you get a yeah. financial planner? Or a nutritionist. Yes, you should. Or nutritionist. Exactly. You should get professional support. Yes. Should you save money and should you save calories? Yes. You should plan for the flipping future in both ways, health and finances. But you should also live your life sometimes. And you need yes. to go steady. If you save too much money, you'll go crazy. If you're just too skimpy savvy, if you save too many calories, you'll go crazy. You'll just restrict yourself. You don't want to, yeah, you've got to enjoy the journey as well, haven't you? That's, that's the thing. It's life at the end of the day, isn't it? There's nothing else but the journey. I think it's being kinder to yourself and just give yourself a bit of a break. You know, if you need to take a break for a week, take a break for a week. But the key thing I was going to say to Jack's there is you are going back on track though. You know, you might fall off for a bit, but you do keep going back That's on point. track. And, and there is no end. The end is the coffin. You know, there is no <laughs> end. We, we are on this forever now. We all are. Life, and we've got, of course. You know, it's life. So some some months you're going to weigh more than other months. You know, it, it is such as life. But I think it's just being a little bit kinder on yourself and perhaps taking it a bit slower. It doesn't have to be health or leather, as, as Connor said. Gillian's just brought up a good point. I didn't realise it was that Gillian. Hi, Gillian. Um, Gillian's in the group and she says, don't forget the support and motivation you get from being an active member in the group. Could not agree more. That is something that has been... Oh, I can't even tell you the support that you get within the group that Connor runs um is fantastic and one of my questions was going to be and it's a similar sort of thing you know should you tell people you're on a diet I think you should 
I think you should tell the whole world, I'm, I'm trying to eat better, I'm trying to eat healthier, because you may find that they're trying to do the same, but you'll also have then somebody to lean on, and it might be that you can do things together. It's very much the support that you get within the group has been, I can't even describe it, I wouldn't have been able to do it without it. Um, but also support from a husband, support from my kids, support from family, from friends, from people outside of the group. I think you need that support to keep going. So if you can get it, get it, you know, get an accountability partner, get somebody who's going to say, no, I'll meet you for a walk at this time. And then you'll go for a walk, you know, or what did you eat today? Well, I ate this, oh, I've been, you know, I need to talk about it, be open about it. Everybody's having these, I say everybody, most people are having these battles daily. I'm trying to I'm trying to reduce yeah yeah i think i can conclude with one nice point here and this is one of the important things that i like to teach people is again same practices and principles across all areas in life um, if you study habit change psychology there's a set there's an area of habit change psychology called self-determination theory it's the science of after a human decides that they want to do something after you decide that you want to achieve a goal there are factors and variables that determine your success or failure so people have literally studied after you decide you want to do something, what, are, what is the probability chance and what are the variables that make a difference on whether you achieve it? There's three main things you need to make any long lasting successful positive change in your life. One of them is autonomy. It means you need control over it. Whether, you're, whether it's your diet or your finances, you need control over it and to understand that it's your job, it's your life, it's your thing. If you don't fix it, no one will. The second one is it's A, B, C. The first one is A for autonomy. B is for belonging it's support and it's community. No man or woman is an island. It's a quote, isn't it? Every every single person who's done anything in life, they've had t teachers, tutors, mentors. We have family members, we have teammates. Humans are social creatures. We work better in teams. You can't do, I know we feel like as egos, we feel like I should have all this under control. I should be able to do everything in my life myself. Not really. You don't. You don't make your own clothes. You don't flip. You don't know how the lights come on. You're not pumping the electricity. You. You don't know how your iPhone's made. Other people do this. We all work together as a big community. It's everyone. Need, it's exactly like what Jillian said. Everyone needs support for every single goal. You can try and take over the world on your own, but good flipping luck. You need teammates. And then C is for competence, which is a different word for education, because you need to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you can't have autonomy over it. So it's basic, isn't it? So autonomy, belonging, competence, it's, it's what you need. So it's, it's self-control over the goal. You need to understand it's your thing. You need to do it. But you do need support, and then you do need education as well, so that you know what you're doing, and you've got teammates along the way. That's how it goes. <laughs> That's how it goes. I hope people found that useful. I am going to wind up because it is five o'clock and we promised an hour. Um, if anybody has any other questions or they don't know how to get hold of Connor and etc., then just give me a shout. Yeah, I think you all know me on the call now. Um, just give me a shout if you if you can't find him. He's on Facebook. He's on LinkedIn. Um, or I can give you some more details, but he is. I do loads of stuff on LinkedIn and no one pays any attention. It's absolutely fantastic. I've not been doing it for very long, but I do loads of stuff and no one in the world cares. Luckily, I've got rock solid self esteem, so I power on. It's a very personal thing. Yeah, and people don't like to do Yeah, anyway. So thank you very much for attending, everybody. I've enjoyed it. I had a great time. We'll speak to you all soon. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you.